Today's episode is brought to you by SHRM21 Annual Conference and Expo. Now more than ever, HR plays a vital role in developing a people-centric strategy that leads to organizational success. Attending SHRM21, either in Las Vegas or virtually this September 9th through the 12th, is an opportunity to learn, grow, get inspired, and create new possibilities. Get the latest on compliance, HR technology solutions, leadership, and growth initiatives, all while networking with your peers. Now more than ever, HR leaders must connect at SHRM21. Learn how you can save up to $300 off your ticket at annual.sherm.org. Welcome to Honest HR, the podcast for all of us HR professionals, people managers, and team leads intent on growing and developing our companies for the better. We bring you honest, forward-thinking conversations and relatable stories from the workplace that challenge the way it's always been done. Because after all, you have to push back to move forward. Honest HR is a podcast from SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And by listening, you're helping create better workplaces and a better world. I'm Wendy Fong. I'm Amber Clayton. And I am Gloria Sinclair Miller. Now Now let's let's get get honest. Hi, all. We are back. We're back. Yeah, you're back. Welcome to episode one of season four of Honest HR. We have a lot going on, and today we're going to be talking about Biden's first 100 days in office. There's been a lot of things happening, of course, COVID being the number one. You can't turn on the news nowadays without hearing about COVID and COVID vaccines. And uh, we're going to be talking about that, the COVID Relief Act, and uh, what's transpired between last year and this year, as well as uh, information on immigration, uh, women who have been impacted, and, and actually others who have been impacted as well, based on things happening with COVID. And we're just going to have a, a lot of information to share today. So let's go ahead and, and jump right into it. And we'll start with the vaccines. So have any of you been vaccinated yet? I just made an appointment online. It was very difficult. Yeah, so I am officially fully vaccinated so I can go amongst the country again. So I'm super excited. Woohoo! What about you, Wendy? I have yet to be vaccinated. Still waiting my turn. But it'll be interesting to see the supply and demand because I've read things that they're, they might be running out of supply uh, given the demand of people that want to get vaccinated. Um, and also, you know, with all these different companies coming up with different vaccines, like how much accuracy are they, you know, 94% versus 70%. And also uh, the booster shots, right? Some of these vaccines, now you have to get another shot after six months or 12 months, just like the flu shot. So yeah, it'll be interesting for us to, to see how the country rolls out to everyone. So, so Gloria, since you've been vaccinated, was there anything cool, interesting, or funny that happened during your experience? So I guess uh, the cool thing is, you know, I was talking to where everyone was getting their vaccine and they're like, oh, I'm going to CVS. I'm going to uh, a drive-through at a parking lot. So I did have a drive-through experience, but mine, because I'm based in Atlanta, was at the Delta Flight Museum. Coolest place. 
the downside is, is obviously it was a drive-in, so we didn't get to go in, but they have all the airplanes, like all through the parking lot. Um, and it's just, it's a nice little place. So, I mean, I felt like I had the coolest vaccine place to go to, but thankfully, other than I uh, mentally prepared myself for what, you know, of course, we all became infectious disease experts. We all know everything about vaccines, thanks to all of our constantly watching TV, that I was prepared for every symptom. Uh, so I drank lots of water. So for, you know, the two of you, if you haven't gotten it yet, drink lots of water um, and prepared myself for, you know, maybe being tired. But thankfully, I didn't have any of that. If anything, I had more energy, which was was very interesting. But I, I still think I had the coolest place to go to get my vaccine. I don't know. I had a friend of mine who actually went to a parking lot. And I don't know if you're familiar with when they sell fireworks on different parts of the road and they have those giant containers and they sell the fireworks out of those containers. Well, they actually had one of those set up and that's where they got their vaccination. So they thought that was really funny that it looked like a fireworks stand. <laughs> Yeah, I was jealous because I heard in New York, they actually had the ability you could take like photos. So you think about like when you're at parties and you go to the photo booth, they had like the photo booth experience at a location in New York. So I think, you know, it's a serious time and I think people are just trying to make it more, you know, more fun because we need that coming through this past year. I have seen pic- uh, people posting pictures on social media of their their vaccine card that they got vaccinated, but be careful because it does have a lot of confidential medical record information on there. So make sure it's blurred out if you're going to post that on social media. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will, I do want to share this. This is kind of interesting in this area that was doing something called joints for, it was something like joints for jots or something to that effect where you actually get a marijuana joint for getting a COVID shot. I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was an actual real thing. And uh, I don't know how many people participated in that, but it's very interesting because in the workplace, we have to deal with marijuana and employment in the, the state and local laws around marijuana. Uh, and I just thought it was interesting because we've got that now with the vaccine. So Interesting, uh, interesting incentive to get people to get vaccinated. Can you just imagine coming into the HR department and having to deal with that issue uh, that, well, I was getting my vaccine, but, you know, they offered this with it right before their drug testing. Oh, goodness gracious. Exactly. Well, that's uh, that was a really interesting thing that I've heard. So, you know, in the past year, we've all had a lot of challenges. And when everything's back to normal, you know, what is the first thing that you want to do, you know, that you haven't been able to do in the past or when you get back to the office, if you get back to the office? Well, I would say for me, at least personally, travel is like the number one thing that I need to do. But I do miss traveling and trying to go different places, but definitely miss the overseas travel. We want to go to hopefully the Maldives. I don't know if you heard of that island. So it's an island in like Southeast Asia and um, supposedly by 2100, because of the water, ocean water rising levels, that it might be completely immersed underwater. So it's a, definitely on my bucket list to travel to that island before it's completely submerged underwater. 
Yeah, I would agree with you, Wendy. Travel has definitely been the thing. So I, we actually do have a trip booked for July. So me and my other half are Formula One race fans. So we are booked to go to a Formula One race in the UK, fingers crossed, Wow! over the summer. But definitely am, am really want to get out and, and really want to uh, travel. So with that being said, when we talk about the 100 days, we know that a lot has happened. Last year, we actually had the paid leave under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, the FFCRA, um, which allowed for paid leave for employees of certain employers to get um, leave, whether they were sick or had a loved one who was sick due to COVID or because their children may not have been able to go back into school. Wendy, I know you have a young child and I have a, a teenage daughter myself that's still in school. What was the impact on you? Did you have to utilize that paid leave last year? And with the Biden administration this year, we've got a voluntary extension. If employers want to provide that leave that's similar to the leave that was under the FFCRA, they could do so and get tax credit. So were you someone that had to take advantage of that? Well, thankfully, I didn't have to because, um, you know, Sherm and my manager, my people manager has been extremely flexible, allowing me to work from home. And thankfully, uh, you know, she's been at home for school. Uh, so it's more the challenge of having to work and be a, a at home teacher at the same time. In the beginning, it was a little rough uh, because there's that learning curve for children like even how to use technology, like how to turn on the computer and how to log into your account and type in different web pages and, and logins and whatnot. Almost like I'm half IT uh, as well for her. But but now it's been a lot smoother. She went back to school last this past week, hybrid. So like just two days a week for, for four hours a day. And, and she's really enjoyed going back and getting that interaction. I think especially for smaller children, or maybe just in a learning environment in general, you know, we all crave that human interaction. So I definitely uh, appreciate that there are those safeguards if I did need to take time off. And I just think about all the workers out there, especially the essential workers who, you know, definitely needed to utilize that that resource, especially during these unprecedented and, and stressful times that was definitely much appreciated. What do you think, Gloria? No, I mean, I would agree with that uh, as well. The The fact that we have this option where if people need to have that time off. So I, I didn't, again, need to take advantage of that option. But, you know, for those employees out there who needed it, it it's great that they have that protection. Yeah, and we had uh, SHRM research that we just did recently that actually showed over 50% of employers are still providing some type of paid or unpaid leave, even though they're not necessarily required to under federal law or under their state and local law. So I think that's great that employers are being flexible, they're being empathetic to the situations that are occurring. You know, they're experiencing it just as much as their employees are. So it's really great to see that they're taking advantage of these tax credits that were offered under under the relief package, and they're still giving those um, that leave to employees as they needed. So one of the other things that came about with the relief package is unemployment benefits. And last year, when we uh, had many people who were losing their jobs as a result of COVID or their hours were being reduced, they were signing up or registering to get unemployment. And many of them who 
did have an opportunity to return to work and did not want to return because of fear of returning, they were not eligible for unemployment. But this year with the relief package, they are eligible for unemployment. And interestingly, I had a conversation with someone the other day who said, you know, do you think it's right for someone to be at home and not work, but still get a salary? Um, I believe he said a $35,000 salary a year. And I thought, you know, that's a good question because we do get that question a lot in the Knowledge Center where employers are saying, well, you know, what can I do about someone who decides not to come back to work because they're getting unemployment and it's a better benefit than coming into work and spending money on transportation and gas and things of that nature. So what what are your thoughts, Gloria, about the unemployment for people who decide on their own not to return to work? Yeah, no, I think it's a great question. And, and I appreciate the debate that's out there about it because, you know, it's tough because you want your employees to come back to work. You want some sense of normal for your organization and and hopefully for them. But the reality is we're all dealing with something that we haven't dealt with before. And, and the employer's ability to give some grace during this period um, is important. And, you know, thankfully, we do have the, the laws and legislation that's in place that is, is giving a little bit of, of that grace to people who may not be ready to come back into the workforce at this point. And, and we as employers, as leaders have to respect that because what we don't want is for someone to come back when, when they're not ready. And, you know, we haven't touched on it yet. And I know we will even the course of this episode and as we get into the season, but, you know, there's this continued conversation about mental health and the impact that this pandemic has had on individuals' mental health. And I'd rather someone take the time and the space to care about themselves versus coming back and and not being able to, you know, perform in in the organization. So, you know, I'm happy that we have some of these these protections in place. Wendy, what are you seeing like in California? Yeah, that's going to be a huge theme this year and the coming years of empathy and mental health. You know, research last year showed that one in four employees suffered some sort of depression or stress and anxiety because of everything going on, because of everything you're seeing in the news and all of the unknowns. After Even after all of this is over, what are all the like ramifications that we're going to go through as of all the post-traumatic stress it's going to be very interesting and, and being prepared now to support your employees as we're going to go through this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, mental health, it, you know, employers, some employers haven't really known what to do about that, uh, whether or not they should, they should even be involved with someone's mental health. And it's really important to be involved in the sense that you're providing the education, the resources, if you've got benefits like the employee assistance program, uh, maybe something through your healthcare provider, there could be information that you could be giving your employees through the, the Department of Health. But, you know, this is a, a really good opportunity for employers to, again, show that empathy and to be able to provide that information to them and to let them know that it's okay 
okay to take a leave or take a day off. Um, as you said, people get stressed and they're anxious. And even though they're working from home, that doesn't mean that that stress and anxiety has gone away. Uh, as you mentioned, Gloria, we tend to work longer hours when we work from home. So, and then of course, being that teacher, Wendy, like you are, as well as an employee, there's probably a lot more stress on you having to juggle both of those. And that goes for a lot of people. So don't be afraid to step up and say something and make sure that your employees know that they can come to you and talk to you and also look for signs, signs of any type of mental health issues. Have you, uh, Wendy, have you experienced anything like that where you've worked with someone and you've seen signs of mental health issues as in you know, has there been any kind of benefit or anything that was provided to the employees within that organization? Oh, absolutely. So even just thinking about what SHRM offers, so SHRM has employee um, assistance programs, and I think they even increased the number of sessions that you could talk to a trained professional or therapist um, if you needed to, that was completely covered by insurance or an anonymous hotline you can call. There was an app that we were given that we could download that had a bunch of like quick read articles on like eating healthy or de-stressing, dealing with anxiety. I think last month we had um, some meditation exercises, you know, completely optional and they're virtual or we had a meditation expert come in and kind of talk about self-compassion and being compassionate with ourselves. You know, we're all going through this difficult time. I think going back to something that both of you mentioned in in our organizations around being able to allow employees the ability to, you know, when they are feeling stress, you know, there's programs that are out there, but at the same time, managers have to feel like they at least being able to know the signs of when someone has checked out, when their behavior isn't exactly the way it was before. Um, I remember having this this conversation with someone and I just decided I'm going to turn my camera off. I'm not going to do the camera this week. Um, I'm just not in the mood. And I I won't say that, you know, I was depressed or anything, but I was just done um, at that point. But someone immediately reached out to me within three days, like, are you okay? Is everything all right? Is there anything you need? And I think manager's ability to do that and be okay with doing that so people feel like if I need to take a time out, I can. I I think that's so important that people just need to pause and, and notice that if a change in behavior, that might be a cry for I may need something. And sometimes it's not, but just at least asking um, that question. So I think that's why the conversation around mental health, which used to be very taboo. And, you know, Wendy mentioned PTSD. We used to only mention, you know, we mentioned PTSD when we talk about military members, which is, you know, a big bias that we have. And the reality is, this is front and center right now. And we need to be more comfortable with being uncomfortable and having um, some of these conversations. And the good news is, is, you know, even you know, Wendy talked about what we have for SHRM, but with our SHRM Foundation, the partnerships that we have and the resources that are available around mental health, you know, our our members can definitely take advantage of as well. Absolutely. Well, we know that's important, and I'm sure that we're going to have some uh, other episodes on mental health. And with that, 
I mentioned, you know, this is about the 100 days that Biden has been in office, the new administration. There's been a lot of different changes in people's roles, people um, being appointed to various roles within the government, as is the case when there's a new administration. And the relief bill was a, was a big part of it, of course. And, and we've talked a little bit about that with the extended unemployment. And we've talked about the leave under the Family uh, First Coronavirus Response Act, the tax credit. Um, the other thing that is part of that relief package was the 100% COBRA subsidy. And I thought that was really interesting because we know how much COBRA cost. I think many HR professionals, especially benefits uh, individuals, uh, know that it could be very costly for people. And so I felt like this was a really good thing for people who had lost their jobs due to COVID-related reasons. Had you ha- known anybody or anyone who's actually taken advantage of that that COBRA sub- subsidy yet? So I personally don't know anyone personally that has uh, taken advantage of it, but I, I do know, you know, my former colleagues and and those who are currently in HR um, are definitely um, making sure that people are aware of it um, and promoting it wherever um, they can. Again, I think there's a lot that's out there. And the more that, you know, we can continue to share um, that information and guide people to that information is critical. Yeah, same with me. I don't know anyone uh, personally, but that's great to learn about all the different uh, bills that are being passed through the different administrations to try to get us through all of this together. Well, I know there's support for like small businesses as well to take out different loans. Amber, do you know more about that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are businesses that had to shut down or reduce their hours. And so now there are some loans available to those businesses, and uh, which is great because then they could take advantage of that to be able to pay their employees to reopen their businesses and operate again. So that's great. And of course, with the vaccinations, you know, once more individuals get vaccinated, that more businesses will be able to open at uh, higher capacities and with the summer months coming and in many of the states where it gets a little warmer, uh, there'll be more out- outdoor activities. I'm already hearing things about concerts and and sports starting to uh, to get more people to participate and to to attend those now. So it's great. All of this is is good stuff in my mind. And one of the things that came about during the first hundred days is more guidance from OSHA on safety. And you know, yesterday I I actually was at a um, a nail salon and. I thought it was so creative. They actually had clear shower curtains up to make a barrier between us and the nail technician. And so I just want to hear from you. What is the most creative or crazy thing that you have seen as far as safety measures out in public? Well, I did get takeout the other uh, night from a Japanese restaurant down the street and the dividers they used were made of saran wrap. (laughs) They just got saran wrap. And just put it all over to divide the them and then the the customers. I thought that was pretty interesting because then you could just change it every night. You just throw it away and put new saran wrap. That's awesome. 
So one of the things, another thing with regards to the 100 days here is that we've seen that it has had a, COVID has had a negative impact on certain protected classes like females. And in one of the things that we've learned is that during this period of COVID, that a large percentage of women in the workforce actually left due to COVID and due, due to the fact that they had, you know, caregiving responsibilities in addition to trying to work full time and they've had to leave the workforce. So I just wanted to talk about that for a little bit. You know, again, we have families and, and loved ones, partners, you know, what, what's your thoughts on it? Did you happen to know anyone that had to leave the workforce due to COVID? So I do know of a few um, friends and, and former colleagues who, who did have to make that decision to, to leave the workforce. And, you know, the, the stats are, you know, we already know that there's a, a definitely a, a difference um, between um, the amount of men versus women in leadership positions. And there's always been that conversation. But I think we've seen women at higher levels of organizations leave during this time when we already had an issue of, of having women promoted to more senior levels. And a couple of these individuals happen to be more senior level um more senior level in their organization. So, and, and part of it was, you know, most of it was around family. Like I need to focus on my family first. I need to focus on my children. Um, and it, it doesn't matter what the organization is going to offer me at this point. It's not going to replace this time that I need to spend, um, with family, but you know, it, it is scary. Um, quite frankly, thinking about the, the, inequity that already exists and what the impact is going to be um, moving forward um, in our workplace. So I know one of the conversations that we plan to have this season is around, you know, this equity conversation. And and it's not just women, you know, we're looking at people of color and, and just what the impact was on the workplace. But we could also talk about the disparity that exists in healthcare. I mean, there's so many equity opportunities that we have um, within not only just our workplace, but within, within society as well. Yeah. Not just taking care of our children and immediate families, but also like caregiving as well, like caregiving for the aging, our aging parents and being kind of that sandwich generation where you have to take care of your kids and your parents and how all of that is unpaid labor um, and does require a lot of time and hours. So I, I definitely understand why women are choosing to leave the workforce. As you said, Gloria, putting family, family first. And to your point about the growing disparities, um, but also the rise in hate crimes. You know, there's been a rise in hate crimes in the Asian American Pacific Islander community, putting blame of COVID on that ethnic group for, you know, misinformation or whatever information. And it, it is tragic to see that happening in the country, along with the, the rise of, um, you know, police uh, brutality and shootings. Oh, absolutely. Um, just what's happening out in, in our community. And, and we have to remember that, you know, just because it's happening in one community or another community, it's impacting all of us. And it's impacting all of us um, in different ways. 
Absolutely. And, and, um, and we are hearing a lot about the various impacts that COVID has had on different groups. And I was just going to mention that we were talking about women leaving the workforce and the White House actually had a jobs report back around week seven, where it showed that women of color disproportionately were leaving the, the labor force. And, you know, during the 100 days, too, there's also been some some other movement. There was some executive orders that was signed by President Biden with regards to racial equity. And but there there's a lot that's happening right now. And it's good to know that this is a topic of conversation and will continue to be a topic of conversation because we we can't move forward if we don't talk about it. So that's where I wanted to to kind of end it for today. And hopefully we'll be able to get to some of these other topics uh, soon. And uh, we hope that you all will be able to join us again. Thank you so much for your time today, Gloria and Wendy. Thank you, Amber. Thanks, Amber. All right, great. And we look forward to more episodes in season four. Season Season four. four. Thank you for joining us for our first episode of season four. This podcast is approved to provide recertification PDCs, but only if you listen to the full podcast. Now that you've completed it, you are eligible to enter this activity code. It's activity code 22U, the number five, N-C-E. Again, it's 22, U is in uniform, the number five, N is in November, C is in Charlie, and E as in Echo. If you'd like to learn more about the Honest HR podcast or get more information and resources on what was discussed in today's episode, head over to sherm.org slash honesthr. To learn more about the other SHRM podcasts, check out SHRM.org slash podcasts. Until next time, thanks again for joining us on Honest HR.